You're listening to Holy Crit with your hosts, award-winning game designer Ross Watson and the branding strategist for geeks, gamers, and techies, Sheena Vandevanter. Holy Crit is your insider's guide to tabletop games, designers, and the conventions that love them. Hi, I'm Ross Watson. I'm Sheena Vandevanter. And I'm Brian Engard. Welcome, Welcome to, to, to Holy Crit. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it's so good to record again. Uh, Sheena, Brian, I'm so glad I'm back with you guys from Germany. Yeah. So are you actually in Germany right now? Yes. Okay. A uh, little village called Valdems, and they just had a big, uh, I say big, they had a, a parade today, and uh, it's like the Oktoberfest season. Oh, uh, cool. yes. kind of awesome, yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, Euro dance music and kids bouncing on the backs of tractors and just, I don't know, <laughs> it was, I, I took a bunch of pictures. It, it was super cool. Yeah. Awesome. So, Brian... I can't help but notice from your pictures online that you are a snappy dresser. Uh, you, are, you definitely have some really great hats. I have some really great hats. I have two hats, I think. Okay. I have awesome. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I own two hats. I have a top hat, and I have like a sort of an old-timey cabbie kind of hat. Yeah, yeah, and a bow tie, and and you know, you're you're definitely rocking the uh, the the the, uh, the old adventurer look, I guess, like the the steampunky adventurer types well so i've i've cosplayed as uh, as professor layton a couple of times so that might be oh. part of what you're seeing online even better um, and uh i also uh i like wearing vests so mm. periodically i will just like dress up and wear a vest uh and a tie and stuff like that so that's vests pretty badass nice. Vests are nice and you're an anime fan i can tell from your board game geek name uh, well, so I am sort of like a, I, I would call myself kind of anime adjacent, right? Like I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of anime lately, but I watched a lot of anime when I was in high school and that's when, that's where the origin of that username, which I use for pretty much everything, uh, uh, okay. lies, right? Like I, I, I was a really big fan of the Slayers way back in the day. Me too. Uh, so Goddess was and, my favorite character. So. Right, exactly. And <laughs> And then, like when I, um, when it came time for me to like start making usernames for stuff on the internet, right? When that first started happening, I'm dating myself a little bit, um, like that was the first thing that popped into my head. So I started using that, that username, and it just kind of stuck. So. And for That's those cool. of us at home that don't have Board Game Geek open, remind me what it is. Uh, so my yeah my username is Zelgadis. That's my Twitter handle as well. Oh, that's uh, right. I remember seeing that now and going, it must be an anime thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were right. It's totally an anime thing. Uh, that's my like I I play a lot of Overwatch and that's my name in Overwatch as well. I use it for pretty much everything. So just easy to remember. Awesome. Now you're in Louisville, Kentucky, right now. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. That is amazing. I lived in Louisville for about three years. Oh, did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, down by the university, actually. Okay. Um, just within a few blocks of uh, crazy downtown and having to walk through, you know, some of the nastier parts of the city to get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we were just downtown yesterday because uh, the St. James Art Fair is going on right now. Uh, oh, badass. And we, we went down there and, and checked, all, checked out all the art, um, and it was a good time. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, so it, like it's I'm I'm sure it's you know changed a lot since uh, I was there. It's been 14 years, but yeah, just fond memories of that stuff. So yeah. we brought you on our show tonight, uh, Sheena. What are we talking to to, to Brian about tonight? So we're going to talk a little bit about the creative process and, and sort of creative direction in gaming. And then Brian's going to tell us a little bit about a, a few products of his that we're excited about, especially one that's coming out soon. So, um, Brian, why don't you give us a little bit of background, kind of how you got started in games and and uh, where you are now? Yes, okay. who are you, sir? <laughs> well, so my... Uh... My start in games was kind of uh, uh, it. It kind of happened extraordinarily gradually, and then all at once, right? So, like, right out of college, I started looking for uh, freelance game design gigs to do, um, and I landed a couple of like small gigs, uh, and then um, I got—I forget exactly how I got connected with them. But I got connected with Brennan Taylor, um, and uh, he offered me, like, he saw some of my writing and thought it was good, so he offered me uh, the opportunity to write a supplement for the original version of Bulldogs, uh, which, uh, for those of you who are not aware, the original Bulldogs was a a D20 system game, uh, and this happened back in the third edition days. Mm and uh, so I wrote a uh, like 75,000 word psionics supplement uh, for the original Bulldogs, and it sold like literally tens of copies. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm pretty sure you can't find it anymore. Um, and uh, and then like kind of nothing happened for five or six years, I would say. Um, like that was kind of like my big freelance project. And then I fell out of the business for a while. Um, and, uh, and then a while later, um, when Brennan was getting ready to do <laughs> the fate version, the first fate version of Bulldogs, uh, I saw a post from him to that effect on Facebook and I contacted him and I would be like, and I said, Hey, I would, I would be interested in, in uh in working on this with you um and he contacted me back and he was like well no one else has has returned my emails so i guess you're co-writing the book Um, (laughs) so i wrote like half the book and that got me noticed by fred hicks and evil hat um and it kind of snowballed into uh additional fake projects I, i worked on I did some system development for uh, Strange Tales of the Century and uh, eventually got a job working on the Paranet papers for the Dresden Files RPG. Nice. Um, I, I was one of Lenny Balsera's closers on uh, Fate Core. Um, Coffee is for closers, Brian. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Basically, like Len- Lenny had about 70% of a book written uh, and could not get the rest of it. Ah. Uh completed right like it was Hate it was that. just really sort of like elusive yeah uh, so he brought he brought in me and mike olson and uh and we just like wrote the the we were, you know we were fresh to the project so we were um like we had the the sort of fire and the enthusiasm and uh, that uh uh that i think was needed to just kind of like get the the remaining words done um awesome and uh and then from there like 
I worked on almost everything else that had to do with the the Fate Core Kickstarter, right? Like I worked on the Fate System Toolkit and the Fate Worlds books, uh, and I worked on um, Dresden Files Accelerated and Shadow of the Century and just all kinds of stuff. So, um, so like the 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 bulk of my work in the industry has been for Evil Hat, uh, although I have worked for some. Like I've worked for uh, for Brennan, and I've worked for Magpie Games a little bit, and I've worked for Genesis of Legend publish, uh, publishing, and you made your own uh, stuff too. Stuff like I self-published a game called Becoming. Yes, um, you showed this to I, me I, if I I'm not mistaken. A while back, uh, I think I probably did. Um, you can find it on on drive through. Um, it is it is there. Um, it's beautiful. It is called. Be- it is called Becoming. Uh, you can get it in PDF or in print. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, Highly recommend. It is. Uh, well, thank you. Other than being beautiful, can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. Uh, so Becoming <laughs> is uh, is a game about heroism and sacrifice. Okay. Um, it is. If you if you think about uh, in The Hobbit, uh, how sort of or not in The Hobbit in uh, I guess in The Hobbit and in The Lord of the Rings, how like uh, the protagonist, whether it's Bilbo or Frodo. Um, they go off and do their thing, right? They they have their quest, they do their adventure, and when they come back to the place that they were trying to protect in the first place, they no longer belong there, mm-hmm. right? Um, because the the process of of protecting that place has fundamentally changed who they and are. And the one the, um, the one fellowship that doesn't go west is uh, Sam. Right, he's the he's like the one person who sort of avoids being changed, um, and uh, and. So that's kind of like what the core of Becoming is, is it's, uh, so first of all, it's, it's a game for four people mm-hmm. and uh, one person plays the hero and the other three people play Fates, uh, which are a little bit like a sort of shared GM role. Oh. Um, and uh, it's played out in a sequence of scenes where the hero gets uh, faced with challenges that they have to overcome. And the challenges are usually a little bit too much for the hero to overcome. So what the hero winds up having to do is bargain away parts of themselves to the fates in order to get additional resources to, to overcome the challenge. Um, and uh, typically what that um, what that involves is sort of like sacrificing uh, ideals or, um, or companions or uh, sort of like turning virtues into vices. Um, and the, the arc of the game, it's, it's meant to be sort of a one shot thing as well. Um, the arc of the game is that, uh, the hero starts off very, uh, idealistic and, um, and, you know, heroic, uh, and over the course of the quest, while the hero might sort of accomplish the overall goal and sort of overthrow the tyrant or, uh, find a new home for, for humanity or, or whatever, like that, the process of going through that quest fundamentally changes who the hero is and uh, makes you sort of ask the question at the end, like, is the hero still a hero and does the hero still belong with these people? Right, which is why I think right. it's great. It's, it's like the, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it was a, it was an idea that I couldn't get out of my head. So uh, obviously I wrote a game about it. So. <laughs> So, uh, what was your process for for bringing that to Drive Through RPG? Did you do all of the writing and design yourself? I did. Uh, I did all the writing and design. I hired freelancers to do editing, and art, and uh, layout, and uh, to make an index for me, and 
and then I, I worked with um, uh, Lightning Source to get uh, print copies uh, made and stuff like that. And DriveThru actually has their own um, sort of deal with Lightning Source where you can, uh, if you if you upload a, a print-ready PDF, um, you can actually do like print-on-demand uh, print copies through DriveThru. So basically it's uh, it it has become sort of an evergreen an evergreen product uh, as long as drive through is in existence. So I have a couple of questions about so. that. Um, first of all, in terms of the layout, um, one of the things that I know some people are surprised by when they they finally get to the stage where they're ready to get their book out there, they don't realize that it has to be bookletized if it's going to be going to publishing, which means you're not printing on mm -hmm. front and back of one eight and a half by eleven sheet and then sticking it in a book. You're actually <laughs> printing on um, a, an eleven by was it eleven by seventeen sheet four pages that then have to be put in the correct order in order for the staple or binding mm. to go in there. So yeah, does light spine and other things, all the spine and all of that stuff. So yeah. does lightning source um, send you a template or something to help you with the bulletizing? They do. Okay. That's awesome. They do. Um, they, they give you a template. They it's, it's a little, it's sort of a fiddly process, but it's not actually all that hard. Um, like they will give you a template that you can flow your, your laid out um, PDF into, and you can see sort of how many blank pages there are going to be, and uh, if you have room for you know additional content or whatever like that. Uh, it they uh, they sort of do the bookletizing for you, um, right? Like they'll tell you like this is how many this is how much it'll cost for like this many pages, and then this is the next page increment that you can purchase and, and stuff right. like that. Um, and then they'll send you a proof um, and. Uh, and if you okay that proof, they'll put it into production and, and sort of like print however however many. Yeah, I had to want. do this on uh, Strikeforce. Um, uh, fortunately, I had some help from uh, Adam Jury, who is absolutely a wizard at this. <laughs> <shit>, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I also did the did the thing where I hired someone who knew uh, how to lay things out better than I did, <laughs> and. Uh, so I think, so I hired da Daniel Solis to do the layout for Becoming, and uh, I think he had done layout for enough RPG books that uh, he knew how many pages it would mm -hmm. need to be, um, and and laid that with that in mind, uh, which uh, to, for which I am very thankful. Right, it it probably eliminated a lot of headaches on the back end. Well, so let's talk about that a little bit. You mentioned that you did the majority of the work, but you did hire um, artists and someone for layout, someone to help you edit. Kind of, what was your process of yeah. selecting and managing those people? Um, so, a, a lot of it was uh, hiring people that I, whose work I admired, mm -hmm. right? People who who I I knew did good work. Um, the, the, uh, the bulk of the writing in the, um, in the actual book, like the rules text and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, was me, but I actually, like, there is actually a story at the beginning, like a short story at the beginning of the, of the book, uh, that Will Hindmarch wrote. Um, and I hired him because I liked Will's mm -hmm. writing, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I I knew him and I liked his writing and I I knew I wanted him to be on the project, so I hired him. Um, and it, it kind of worked that way for uh, pretty much all of the roles, uh, with with sort of one exception. 
the so I hired someone to do the index, and that was kind of an an eleventh hour thing because I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, the, there's a. Uh, uh, there needs to that, be an that's index my reaction board, every right? time I, I realize I there's an index. It's the same thing. Same yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I don't know how to do that. So I, so I, what I did was I emailed Fred Hicks and I was like, Hey, you put indexes in your book. How, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Well, it's very easy. Oh, right, nice. So, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I can I can go grab a copy of of the book and tell you who that is, uh, but. Uh, but basically, yeah, like it, all the all the um, hiring that I did for becoming was either like people mm -hmm. that I knew, uh, or people that I admired, or people who were recommended to me by people that I knew and admired, um, and that's uh, a pretty good way to uh, to do things. Actually, <laughs> um, Rita Tatum is the name of the indexer, so. She she does excellent work. Now the thing, I'm, yeah, um, and that's cool. I mean, I I think that's great. That's exactly a lot of the same things I learned how to do. You know, with uh, being a project manager, being creator of many products, uh, <laughs> I can tell you a lot about how I learned how to do uh, indexes, and I had to had to learn it myself. <laughs> with uh, mm -hmm. what what I'm actually interested in more about too is is to segue this into uh, creative direction. Is you have a lot of experience being a creative director, and Tell us about yeah. how that works as opposed to, you know, doing it all yourself. Um, so the, the, the chief difference, so I, I do a lot of creative direction for Evil Hat. Uh, I've, I've creative directed three or four projects for them at this point. Um, and uh, the, the chief difference between creative direction and self-publishing, in my experience is that um, I get to do all of the fun parts <laughs> without dealing with all of okay. the logistical stuff, right? Like someone else handles hiring freelancers and paying them and figuring out printing and getting the book laid out and uh, making sure that there's enough art and all that kind of stuff. And what I get to focus on is um working with other creative people to make sure the book is as good as it can be right um it is uh the 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 goal of the creative director is to sort of make sure that the um that there is one creative vision for the project and that despite the fact that there are many people writing on it um all of that writing feeds that creative vision uh, and all of the art feeds that creative vision and just it's it's sort of um, it's like being the game designer plus also um, being like a cheerleader for the project and um, being the person who knows what the art should look like and being kind of the, the, the connective tissue for the project, right? Like it's uh, whenever there are sort of disparate parts of the project that need to be brought together. That's the creative director's job. Um, and whenever there are sort of disagreements about how to do a thing, it's the creative director's job to sort of. So make you're a the call. decider um, and you're the, the vision holder right. and you are the right. guider, the, 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 uh, the herder of cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, although, like, to date, it, the cats that I've had to hurt have been pretty good fun to work with. So, uh, my job has well, not been that What's hard. the most challenging part, uh, would you say? Uh, sometimes it's... Uh, the thing about big role-playing books is that they take a long time to make. Um, like, Becoming only took me about a year and change to get done because it's a fairly thin book. Um, but something like Shadow of the Century is huge, right? It's a it's a big, thick um, role-playing tome. And um, because the scope of work is larger and because you've got like four or five writers on the project, um, it can take a long time and that can cause mm -hmm. it to lose momentum um, and it can cause it to lose focus. And so probably the most challenging part for me was just making sure that I was able to bring it back to where it needed to be, right? To sort of like reinvigorate people's enthusiasm for it. Uh, and I mean, there were multiple times where like we, we would sort of hair off on these design tangents and then and I'd have to sort of ask the question of like, is this actually serving the goal that we're yeah. going for, right? Like, is this, like, this is a, this is a neat design idea, but yeah, is yeah, it Shadow yeah. of the Century, right? As a matter of fact, um, uh, my design document and, for the game I'm uh, on right now has the game design principles, like, these are the goals, right, at the very top of the, of the document. <laughs> and whenever we add something new, we yeah, check yeah. that. We're like, yeah, you know, you, does it check these boxes? You have to keep that stuff in mind, right? Like it, like the the thing the the thing that we were fighting with a lot on Shadow of the Century is that it is an '80s action RPG, um, but it is also a sequel to Spirit of the Century, and it has to serve both of those masters. And a lot of the time, what we kept on running into was like. We were like, okay, this is cool 80s action stuff, but let's be honest, <laughs> Feng Shui already. True facts. True facts. Um, so like. So we, we're not we're not trying to remake Feng Shui here. We are making a sequel to, to Spirit of the Century that mm -hmm. is set in the 80s. So let's serve that goal first before we make the generic 80s action RPG, right? Because like there's already a game that can do that. Um, so like a lot of the time we had to make decisions of like, okay, it'd be cool to represent this archetype within Shadow of the Century, but would that design time be better spent? doing something that really drives home the fact that this is a spirit yeah, of the Yeah, ROI season, is actually right? a big deal at this, um, you know, at, at, that, at that level. You've got oh, yeah. to evaluate and say, this would be cool, but is it cool for this book or is it cool for a supplement? Well, and there were other things where, like, like just with the core mechanic uh, of the game, like, there was a an idea that we were pursuing for a while and we ultimately wound up scrapping it uh, because... We were like, okay, this is neat, and it might add to the game, but like, this is a lot of playtest time that we're allocating to this thing that could be probably just as easily handled with like what mm -hmm. Fate already does, right? Um, and uh, so, like, there there are hard decisions like that, right? Like, you, like as the creative director, you have to be willing to not only kill your babies <laughs> but to kill other people's babies too, um, as long as it is for the good of the game, right? Um, and uh, and sometimes that can be uh, uh, kind of difficult, but like, I mean, luckily for me, like that, everyone that I've worked with has been pretty willing to, to sort of go. Very cool. I, I think it's so. great that um, Evil Hat has you in this position where you don't really have to do the production work, where somebody else has taken over all the art direction, all the layout, all the um, 
you know, cover art and, and, and fonts and graphic design. I mean, there's just all these other things that kind of get in the way. And I say this because, you know, my role at uh, Ulysses North America is similar to yours, except I also have to do all the production stuff, <laughs> right? And I kind of resent that sometimes when it yeah, yeah, gets, yeah. gets in the way. So hearing you talk about it makes me think at least someone out there, you know, is feeling free, is feeling, you know, like he's just sort of creatively steering the ship and not having to go down in the hold and take inventory of all the, uh, you know, <laughs> weevil-ridden uh, uh, tack every so often, right? Okay, that was a really weird metaphor that wandered way out. I'm not sure where that came from. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, Evil Evil Hat is really good at uh, making sure that the right people are doing the right jobs, um, right? Like they they have someone who does art direction, they have someone who manages layout, they have someone who does the business side of things, they have like someone who does the marketing. Like they have people to fill all of these roles, and that really frees people up to do what they're best at, right? Um, like I really enjoy the creative direction side of things. I, I have a really good time doing that stuff. Uh, and I think I'm pretty good at it and it's really nice to not have to worry about like, well, how many pieces of art do we need? Right. How, how many pages do we want this book to be? Right. It, is this hardcover or softcover? Right. Like those are not my decisions yeah, to make. Working for Evil Hat, you know, they're, they're a um, big company. They do a lot of great stuff. They've had a lot of success. So you don't, also don't have to worry a lot about like, can we afford, you know, how many pieces of art can we afford? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have to worry about the money. Right. right? Like that's someone else's job to do. Uh, I just like, my experience with with art direction is that evil hat will come to me and be like this is how many pieces we need can you give us some art orders and then i just get to come up with cool ideas for art and then it's the art director's job to find artists to make those things and to and to work with those artists and i i get to see the finished product and be like <laughs> yay this is cool or no this is not what i had in mind the latter of which i don't think has happened to date Right. Like it's it's almost always I see a piece of art and I'm like, this isn't precisely what I had in mind, but it's so much cooler. So let's go. With I think it, right? everybody's got stories um, like that with, you know, and uh, art RPG and they'll just be like, it's not what yeah. I thought I was going to get. Yeah, but it's I so mean, much more interesting this way. <laughs> well, that I mean, that was that was actually my experience with every piece of art in Becoming. Um the, just to sort of go back to that for a second, the the artist Chris Barley um, was a guy that I knew uh, when I was living in Pennsylvania. Um, I had this uh, monthly meetup of like game designers and people who wanted to get into the game industry uh, <laughs> called the Meetup of nice. Doom, uh, and he was and he was he was one of the people that came to the Meetup of Doom uh, every month because uh, he was trying to break into doing art for um, for the RPG industry and. Um, one day after the meetup, we were all, uh, a bunch of us were having dinner uh, at a local restaurant. Um, and uh, we had just done some playtesting uh, for Becoming. And um, he was like, so, like, what do you envision the art um, for this for this book being like? Uh, and I, I described that, you know, I, like, I had this very strong vision of, like, it's it's black and red. It looks like... Um, sort of Gresham Urn art um, and has that sort of like classic vibe to it. Uh, and then I described the cover to him because uh, I had a strong idea for what the cover looked like. 
And it was like, oh, okay, cool. And then wow. three days later, he sent me the cover. Um, and the cover that striking. he sent me I mean, is the cover that becoming is on the book. is his first thing. That's uh, a and hell I was, of an introduction. And I was like, that was the first piece of art that he sent me, and it, it's it's the first wow. draft of that piece of art. Um, and I, I saw it, and I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this is what I want. You're hired. Um, and then my process uh, of working with him was that I would send him art orders, and he would send me art that just, like, knocked my socks off. Uh, and, like, pretty much every piece of art that's in the book is like as he sent it to me right like i i don't i i asked for like maybe one or two changes to things uh, and they were usually very minor changes um like he immediately latched on to my vision of what the art in the in the game looked like and just took it to the next level um and was tremendously easy to work with so oh if yeah you it's artist, totally awesome <laughs> so just just for all the all the artists out there, what I'm hearing is be prepared to um, provide a sample. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're really listening to the author's vision mm -hmm. and be easy to work with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's so there is sort of a, a phenomenon in um, in the RPG industry, uh, which is that because most of the people working in the industry are hobbyists mm -hmm. and not like people who work there full time. Um, like professionalism is uh, inconsistent, right? And so something that you can do when you're breaking in, into the industry that sets you apart from a lot of your competition and that can get you jobs is being prompt, being Absolutely. communicative, and being professional, right? Like if you answer, if you answer your emails quickly, if you even if it's just with like, hey, I wanted you to know that I got this email mm -hmm. and I'm I'm working on it, right? Even if it, even if it's not new information, just acknowledging that you got the email is good. Um, being professional, like listening to feedback, um, like those things are like incredibly valuable skills in this industry. Um, and, and I will nine times out of ten go with someone who is pretty good and very professional over someone who is. Um, really excellent. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And Talent takes is, forever to do what they a dime do, does. right? Um, and 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 blows deadline and stuff like that, right? Like because um, working with someone who is professional and prompt yes. means that you have time sure. to iterate. Um, and whereas like the the extraordinarily talented but slow and unprofessional person, like is probably going to give you something really mm -hmm. excellent that you don't have time to iterate on. Um, so if it's excellent but not quite right, that's a problem. Whereas if someone gives you something that's like a pretty good first draft, but you also have like a month to work on it, that's usually a lot more valuable to a So getting to back to your role as a creative director, um, what are some of the, the tasks that you actually do? Are you editing the work or are you just reading it and sending back comments like talking about the writing specifically um or are you what what are sort of the actual tasks that you're assigned to do so creative direction is usually on top of writing and, and design work uh for me um 
so I am I am writing part of the book. I am designing mechanics. Uh, so I'm, like I'm getting into the nitty gritty of things in addition to doing the creative direction. And the creative direction part is usually leading brainstorming sessions and meetings and stuff like that uh, and making mm -hmm. sure that everyone knows what their assignments are. Um, and then checking in on those assignments, making sure that um, we have uh, mm -hmm. what we need to go forward, right? Um, clearing roadblocks for people when there are roadblocks. Um, I am usually the one who sort of like outlines the skeleton of the of the book okay. so that we know what needs to be done. Um, and um, yeah, I mean it's 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 during the actual design process. It's a lot of leading meetings and a lot of making sure that people know what they need to write. Um, and answering questions and stuff like that. So there's project management, huge project management. Yeah, there's there's a, although like, so Evil Hat has project managers as well. Uh, the one I, I typically work with is Sean Nittner. Um, and he is usually the one who sort of like organizes times for meetings and um, sure. sort of leads the procedural parts of meetings, right? Like making sure that we, we go from, from action item to action item. Um, and it's my job to just sort of make sure the creatives have what they need to proceed and and are clear on what's what's needed from not going to lie um, I'm pretty jelly right now <laughs> yeah and and uh and then once the design work is done um i am the one who sort of goes through and does system development work to make sure all the mechanics are good mm -hmm. i am usually the one who kind of leads the play test uh, so evil hat has one of the best play test pro uh, procedures uh, i've experienced which is that like typically, we have something like fifty game groups wow. playtesting a thing for like three months, um, and um, and my job during that is to sort of answer questions for playtesters, um, to take notes on what they say and make sure that we follow up on those notes. Nice. Um, and to sort of like analyze their feedback after the fact. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes we have other people help with that as well. Um, cause like there are times when I just don't have the wherewithal to, to go through 50 pieces of playtest feedback, sometimes more because it's, you know, 50 right. game groups, not 50 people. Um, <laughs> some days it just and, can't even, um, yeah. And like, so there, there are people who are better at statistics than I am, uh, and who are able to sort of like parse that out a little more effectively than I am. Um, and, and sometimes we enlist their help, but, uh, so I, I'm usually the one who integrates playtest feedback uh, into the, the draft itself. Uh, I'm the one who works with the editor, um, usually, and uh, uh, and make sure that the editor's feedback gets in integrated as well. Um, and then when it comes time for art and layout, um, I provide art orders, um, and I like approve art cool. and layout and stuff like well, that. Well, I would love to hear more about Asunder. You mentioned um, that that is a product that you have coming up. So tell us all about it. So Asunder um, is uh, a game I'm working on um, not for Evil Hat. Uh, it is um, a game for uh, a guy named Adam Lawson who is um, who does uh, he, he's a producer for YouTube content. Mm -hmm. Um like he's he's okay. worked on some stuff with uh, Geek and Sundry, um, and um, 
Uh, like if you're uh, following the like Geek and Sundry's um, Dread uh, series right now, uh, I believe he is the producer. Yeah, he works on tabletop and um, game therapy. And... Yep. Yep. Titan's um, Grave. So he came to me. He came to to me a while back, and was like, "I have this idea for a role playing setting, uh, but I'm not a game designer, and I need a, I need a game designer." Um, and I. Uh, I decided to start working on it uh, with him, and um, it's so Asunder is um, it is a game that takes place in a sort of like dark uh, fantasy world where the gods have left um, the world for some mysterious reason, um, and. Uh, they have taken all of the metal in the world with them. Oh. Um, so there's no metal. Everything, like all of the weapons are made out of like stone and bone and stuff like that. But also um, people have learned how to create sort of symbiotic bonds with uh, various organisms within the, the world. Uh, so there are a lot of like um, weird symbiotic items Right, like so. Instead of a crossbow, you might have like a big pod that sits on your arm and shoots thorns at people, um, huh. and like these these symbiotic weapons like feed on the blood and the essence of the people who use them, um, and provide power in return. Right. Um, so everything is kind of like dangerous and nasty and scary. Uh, it's not a horror game, but it is sort of like a dark fantasy, uh, uh, dark fantasy game with. Um, uh, sort of think think of it a little bit like Conan with superpowers. Cool. Um, so, uh, that's that's sort of what Asunder is in a nutshell. We um, rather than de- developing a brand new system for it, we're using um the same system that powers Rob Schwab's Shadow oh, nice. of the Demon Lord. Oh, okay. um, cool. Yeah. Um. And um, it's probably going to wind up being a little bit higher on the scale of power, of like player power than Shadow. Um, but we're going for a similar sort of like brutal and scary tone. Um, and uh, and we'll be we'll be making some adjust- adjustments to the to the system to get you know exactly the the feel that we want. Um, now, when is this due out? Uh, my understanding right now is uh, that it's probably going to be kickstarted early next year, uh, but don't don't quote mm. me on that. Um, so okay. I think the the intent is to release it next year. Um, okay. But um, like right now, we've got like sixty or seventy thousand words written uh, for the book, and nice. uh, there's still some work that needs to be done on it. But um, but it's coming along nicely. Um, it's uh, I'm I'm really proud of the work that we've done on it. Fantastic. So if people want to know more about you and what you got going on, where would they find you on the interwebs? Uh, so I am on Twitter, um, mostly. Uh, that is where I spend my my interwebs time. Um, my username is uh, Zelgadas, Z-E-L-G-A-D-A-S, um, and you can talk to me there. I am pretty responsive. Um, I don't really do the Facebook thing. I don't have a blog so much anymore. Um, you can find a lot of my work 
on drive-thru if you just search my name on drive-thru you'll find a lot of stuff um and check out becoming check guys. out becoming um and uh a couple of so i've talked about a bit about shadow of the century and i've talked about asunder i also want to really quickly plug um something else that we just wrapped on actually like that is probably going to be kickstarted very soon um and uh, that is a game called uprising the dystopian universe role-playing game uh and if you're familiar with uh, the card games Coup and The Resistance and One, uh -huh. One Night Revolution, it is the official RPG adaptation of those oh, games. Oh, very nice. Um, cool. It is for Evil Hat. It is a Fate game. Uh, it is a slightly different flavor of Fate than uh, than you've seen before. And um, it has a lot of uh, betrayal and backstabbing and intrigue and... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's neat. I'm really proud of it. Uh, I worked on that uh, actually with my wife, uh, Anna Mead, uh, now Anna Angard, um, and uh, we just saw the the cover art for it the other, for the other the uh, the cover art for it the other day, and we are yeah. And there's no feeling in the world yeah. like seeing your cover art for the <laughs> we first really, time. <laughs> we really we really could not be more excited about this uh, this game coming out. It's we're we're really really proud of it. Badass, dude. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Holy Crit. Thanks for having me. Sheena and I. Sheena and I are really glad that you're on board, and we hope to see you at a convention Absolutely. sometime soon in the future. Yeah. I mean, so uh, Gen Con is really easy for me to get to. Uh, so if mm. any of you guys are at Gen Con, that's probably going to be a fairly regular thing. We, I, I'm also going to try and get to some, uh, some Origins uh, pretty soon, because that's not hard for me to get to either. Um, badass. But other than that, it's, you know, sort of whatever I can manage. And that is, that is our show. So thank you everybody for listening. And this has been Holy, Holy Crit. 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 <laughs> Holy Crit.